Welcome to the state of survival. And Shroud came out the gate like a wall crumbling to reveal a world of promise and secrets, waiting to be conquered and shaped to our will. So Shroud is finally out in early access, Yarl, and man, oh man, have I missed this game since we played the demo back in September of last year. And I huge have to props, say, by the way, huge props to the company because that demo was one of the best survival demos I've played in a long time. Everything was available to you. You were just like location locked. And I thought it was just eight hours of sandbox. Play every aspect of the game and let us know what you think. That's how demos should be. Playing it now, it has been such an interesting ride. One of my favorite things so far is how much they've improved the handling and terraforming usefulness and optimize it to work better with our frames per second. But that's one thing huge. I'm most excited for. Yeah, the, the one thing we said before, too, was how beautiful the game looked in the demo. And then we got to play the early access optimized version and the DLSS, the shaders, everything just running so much better. We were able to kick it up to 11 and it was just like a totally different game. Absolutely breathtaking. I actually got curious because where you start off is in the south left corner of the map. And it feels like when you look at the map, right behind you is nothing. Like, oh my gosh, are, there, are they starting us on the very edge of the map? Well, I went to the edge of the map and it had the same border we had in the demo, Jarl. And it said that this is a restricted area during um, in this stage of early access. So they're planning on making the map even bigger. And folks, by the way, this map is massive. I've only explored, I would say, the lower left corner of the map. And I still have plenty of dots around it. But the rest of the map, I would say three-fourths of the map, I still haven't explored. And I have, like, well over, like, 15 to 18 hours in this game already, Yarl. Like, it's crazy, isn't it? I, I agree. I find it very addictive. And I think the beautiful thing about having that limitation of like, this is not available right now. It reminds me of when I used to play World of Warcraft or Guild Wars and you'd come up to like the Burning Crusade portal before it was the Burning Crusade. And you'd see like people go, eventually this will be opened up. And we didn't know that that was a DLC. As an RPG that has combat with bosses and such, it's going to be so nice that they can make these DLC size patches and just say, here's another adventure in the desert. Here's here's this with these bosses. And it gives them time to cater them. Make sure they're challenging. Make sure it's just as balanced as before. And potentially, if the early access thing goes well, they could do what Medieval Dynasty and other survival games have done and allow the beta previews, where people can go and play in Steam with the beta preview and just test it out and help them with bug testing. And one of the things that I'm loving about early access is... Right away, there's already five NPCs to find. And I have found all five, by the way. We have a blacksmith, a hunter, an alchemist, a farmer, and then we have a carpenter and um, a carpenter. Like, all of these NPCs weren't easy for me to accomplish in getting, but they all have their own, I wouldn't say storyline, but their own progression. And the progression doesn't sometimes unlock until you get another NPC freed. Now, one of the mm -hmm. mistakes I made in the one of the RPG elements that I see in this is that I just kind of went running around on my own when I really should have paid attention to what the hunter was telling me to do, which was find the alchemist. I stopped looking for the um, looking for NPCs after the hunter and just went running around. And then I got the farmer, and then I got the carpenter before I got the. Um, the alchemist, 
But then when I got the alchemist, suddenly my blacksmith had something for me, and so did my hunter. And those storylines progressed me further in my tech tree, in my equipment and building and stuff. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, too. There's a cycle, right? You, you come out of the vault, you go pick a place. I'm not a big fan that it's like, hey, build your base here. I Like when we built it at the farm, that was so much better. And it's near some of the other areas where like we can go get the poison mushroom materials and stuff like that. But finding that blacksmith NPC and bringing him back to your base, then he asks you to build a few things. So now you have to spend time on your base. Then you upgrade your flames so that you have more space and you have more abilities but to upgrade your flame and to do what he needs, you need to explore the region in which you found him and gather supplies that are native to that region. Once you're done with that, he's yeah. like, go find the hunter. Then you go find the hunter. You do the same thing, but it's not rinse, repeat, and continue on. Oh, no. Once you bring the hunter back, now the blacksmith has more things for you to do. You can go to the hunter's area and gather resources from that to help the blacksmith. So it's not one of those games where the quest is so enthralling that you neglect your home base like in Fallout 76. Instead, it's, okay, let's go. Now we got some new blocks. Let's build up our base. Let's get the things that we need to continue okay we've hit a wall we need to go find the alchemist and then i assume once you bring the alchemist back the three of them will have even more for you to look into it was really interesting because speaking of bases and stuff the voxel world is beautiful and it's beautiful in the fact that yes it looks pretty but it's beautiful in the fact i can go anywhere i want I can do anything I want. As long as I have the materials or the tools to repair my stuff when I'm doing it, I have dug all the way through the entire mountain because I didn't want to go around it. Mind you, it took me probably three times longer, but I did it because it was easier for me in my mind to do that. And I enjoy that. Now, I have found a little bit of jank. One of the things that I would have to say is me and my friend I mentioned were building inside of a cave and we found out that even with our flame altar there, we couldn't terraform with the builder hammer. We had to use our pickaxe on the like very inside walls. But once you got past that, you could then terraform the dirt and stone beneath um, on the under past it, right? And it's cool because like I even built my base on my solo game that I've been playing on over my stream on the bridge, the bridge that you first start off on. Yeah. And I can terraform That's that nice. entire thing. And I am starting to build it and I'm having so much fun because I've seen people take over pre-existing buildings, but I feel like the bridge is cool because it really gives you such a blank slate. It's like, this is a big, long, flat thing for you to build on. And you don't have to do a lot of terraforming. You just kind of have to build how you wish to. So I really enjoy that. And have you actually seen all the lore things all, all, all around the place, Earl? I, I pick them up and I read them. And what I think is cool about it is, and it's something that I've been saying that I'd like to see in other survival games. It gives you a little history on the people here because it's a post-apocalyptic game. Let's be honest. You're in a fallen society. It's not as interesting just to go to the city of Atlantis. I find it interesting to find out what were their final thoughts? How did they fail? And that's the key. Not only do you get lore out of it, some of them lead you to treasure chests some of them lead you to tips on survival some of them even tell you when there's a rando enemy that doesn't make any sense like why is this thing here and you find <laughs> out in a journal by a mining camp that they accidentally unleash something from the stone this is all oh, yeah. really amazing stuff um and i like it because you could spend as much time if you're a bgs fan like me you're going to read every article of lore 
But yep. if you don't give a crap, you're still not missing out of the core game. Sometimes you even find like funny pieces of information. Like, you know, not only is it sometimes about unearthing some weird monster because you dug too deep or whatever, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, um, but also some like songs and love poems. You know, you end up finding a house where this guy wrote a love letter to his uh, wife who had been ill uh, before everything ended. So there are tons of lore about the world, as well as some good stories and some sad stories, which I enjoy because when you play a game and everything about their things that you find about lore has to do with what happened and the storyline itself, it is cool, but it doesn't give you enough variety most times to truly care, even if you are a storyline chaser. Um, and that's pretty darn cool. Now, I am most excited to talk about the tech tree, the skill tech tree, by the way. Mm -hmm. Not the tech tree we just talked about with the, the NBCs, but skill progression. What do you think about this, Yarob? Because I want to know from a person, from your perspective on this, man. So I really like the illusion of no classes, but having classes, because it gives you a suggestion. If you want to be barbarian, you want to lean in this no direction, classes. but it allows you... Yeah, so like basically you could pick skills. If I want to be a ranger who's really good at two-handed melee, who's also good at healing, I can invest in that. It'll take me longer to level as I spread okay. out through the web of trees, but I'm not bound to one specific thing. However, it did give me an idea, an educated and informational idea on I want to be a ranger assassin. I want to lean this way. But the beauty of it is I don't enjoy the building system in the game. Not that there's a problem with it, I don't like building systems where some of the materials that I want to build with are locked under discovery or past a progression point in the quest. Therefore, I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to spend time building a giant house out of wood when really I want marble or I want stone. So I'll wait and I let you guys do it. I went out and did what my class is good at, which is, you know, scouting investigating, finding resources that we needed so you guys could complete the building. But the beauty of it is, and we learned this, is that people still get the XP for when quests and, and, and like target tasks are accomplished, no matter who's accomplishing it. You guys were building the base while I was gathering food to feed you guys. We already farmed all the animals around us, so I had to go out and hunt. But when you guys accomplished something by building it, I was still rewarded with the XP for doing that. It's a very cool system because, you know, like you said, people are able to play, in essence, the way they want to play, whether it's by themselves or with groups. Every person can kind of take on a different role. You were our hunter and scouter. We were built base building as well as I started going down a paladin kind of build. I think Dimension was doing a barbarian, slightly magic user. But the other thing I enjoyed about the combat was that headshots and other vital shots on different creatures and um, animals mattered. It wasn't just a, yep. oh, you have to level up 100%, which it's cool because the leveling system isn't super fast either. Like, I think I put 18 hours into it and I just barely hit level five. So it already out the gate has a very balanced, I feel, overall game system. Agreed. And I was concerned about that during the demo because we got eight hours to play and we finished level five or six. So it's nice that they slowed their roll a little bit because that did scare me. But the beautiful thing about what you were talking about is we got to experience it live as a group. I'm seeing here as a ranger going, wow, bows suck. I can murder way more with my axe. 
when you guys were being attacked by the Scorch, or Scorch, sorry, been playing Fallout 76, when you guys were being attacked by the shrouded creatures at our base, you guys were falling in combat, and I had to react and come and get you, but I knew my bow wasn't going to cut it. So as they were approaching me, one of them missed me and swung down, and I saw a blue bulbous growth on his back, and I shot it, and it did a massive amount of damage. The combat feels like something you'd see in Dark Souls. The tuck, the roll, the dodging, the visceral combat, which is when you push a button, your character reacts. It's not all based on stats. There's a skill to it. Now, you could cheat and auto-target if you're ranged by hitting tab, but you won't hit those vital parts if you do that. So in order to be really effective, you still have to point and aim. Same with the magic. You have to be careful on where you're casting your magic because the area is destructible, like in Battlefield games. So you can't just oh, yeah. cast an explosion to kill mobs sneaking up on your team because this place could be loaded with traps that'll explode and kill everybody, like Dimension did to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Kabooey. Um, but you know, speaking of traps, I loved the you know places that you get the NPCs in, and the I would say shroud shrines and a couple of other places. They actually designed the game to have jump puzzles and spikes and electrical balls and fireballs and boulders. There are so many things that make this game fun because. I feel like there's a lot of variety and a lot of paths to go down. And traps were one of them that I really enjoy. One of the other things I enjoy is trying to find out how to get into a place. Because it's always not so cut and dry in this world. I definitely want to see more. There are a few things I don't like about the puzzle solving. Um, the fact that some of them have one solution. I don't like that you have to use the windsuit, the, the glider. Or you have to use the grappling hook in order to accomplish some pretty essential quests. I, for one, don't like wingsuits. I, I, again, I like to walk and explore and discover all the randoms. Wait a minute. I don't want to have to use that. You don't like looking like a squirrel? No, not at all. It's very Zelda. I get Breath <laughs> of the Wild did it, and I get it's a popular mechanic. But sometimes that's the only way to get up a tower is to use a grappling hook. Or you have to jump from the tower to go through this hole in order to get to the sealed cavern with your wingsuit. There is no other option and that's what i don't like you give us this world where we could solve problems in multiple different ways but then there are instances where you're locked to one solution but you know what if i have to do it once or twice to pass a point then i will but a question to our community what intrigues you most about enshrouded is it the skill tree the combat the voxel terraforming and base building or is it just being able to play it with friends let us know in the comments below. Folks, we have had a wonderful time talking about Shrouded, and I was able to be joined by Yarl of Goats, which has a Twitch link down below. Make sure to give him a watch if he ever goes live. And our producer, Red Falcon. He's a famous Daisy modder for helicopters and various things. And folks, I would just like to say thank you for watching the State of Survival on Shrouded. Don't forget to subscribe. Have a wonderful day. That's all for now. Bye-bye.